Well, in Splatoon 2, I originally was in a Kenza undercover Brella user. Really? I did not. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait. So yeah. the, the one with torpedo and ink, uh, ink armor, right? Torpedo and wow. Armor. What's up, everyone? It's Gus, and welcome to the first episode of a new series called Splat Talks. In this series, I reach out to members of the Splatoon community to talk about their experiences playing the game, organizing tournaments, commentating, playing professionally, and more. If you enjoy this series, please consider subscribing and liking the video. I'd also like to hear from you in the comments, so post down below your thoughts on who you would like to be the next guest in Splat Talks. For our first episode, we will be talking with Havoc. Havoc is a high-level slosher player who has participated in several tournaments gaining notable achievements. His, his results include winning top three in several SOS tournaments, including winning first place at SOS 40. Most recently, he achieved second place with Last Resort in Tropical Throwdown. In addition to his extensive competitive experience, Havoc has also played a pivotal role in organizing tournaments for the community as well. He is the head tournament organizer for Squid Junction, a bi-weekly tournament open to all skill levels. We are excited to have Havoc as our first guest for Splat Talks. Havoc, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Havoc, you are the head tournament organizer for Squid Junction. The tournament has been getting increased participation over the past few weeks. How has it been holding these tournaments and its turnout? Well, Squid Junction is only one tournament out of a series of many after the launch of Splatoon 3 that I've seen like dramatic growth. Yeah. Um, this tournament series has been a thing for almost two years now. I started the project out in 2021 as a sort of side gig, right? Yeah. Um, I was never expecting it <laughs> to get this big. It was right. really nice because all the work and effort that me and my other TOs put in were finally starting to be reaping those rewards, reaping those um, viewer counts. We had, during Big House, we were able to have 70 viewers average wow. which is incredible for like when there's a LAN yeah. happening right alongside the event as well so it's just been amazing that's really impressive is this a tournament that is open to all skill levels or is it exclusive to just high level or mid level well the tournament is that has no skill entry mm. you any team can join it could be a low level team it could be a mid level team high level top level Anyone is able to attend these events. Um, so it's really open to everyone, but our format is double elimination, which tends to provide more competitive sets, but anyone can still get a good experience from Squid Junction. That's really cool. What would you say is the best way uh, people can learn more about Squid Junction and how they could sign up potentially for tournaments or just watch uh, the tournaments? Um, well, our tournaments are always streamed at twitch.tv uh, forward slash Dapple Productions. Um, that will have all of our other tournaments. That will have Triton Cup, which is an EU tournament. It happens every other Friday. Um, Paddling Pool happens every Wednesday, which is also catered to EU. Um, if you want to learn more about Squid Junction specifically, you can follow the Squid Junction Twitter at squid underscore junction. Um, that will be, you'll get updates for when tournaments happen, when streams are posted. You can also, um, you can also join the Squid Junction Discord server, 
which if you are part of the Dapple production server, that's linked there. You can also find that through our Twitter that I mentioned earlier. Cool, and all the links are in the description below, so everyone just be sure to check it out. Moving on to our next question, how did you get involved in tournament organizing and what do you enjoy about it? Well, <laughs> originally I ran four events for a casual Splatoon server called Splatendo, which at the time was pretty small. I think it now has 10,000 uh, members. I'm like, I don't know what happened there. Um, all four of those events just absolutely sucked. Oh, they wow. were ran horribly. <laughs> oh, no God. one watched the stream. It was garbage. Wow. But the thing is, the thing is, even if the events were just a complete mess, there was something about organizing events and watching people play and have fun that right. always inspired me to do better. And so I took that knowledge, right? And after simmering on the idea for like half a year, I started Squid Junction in like in January 2021. It was just as horrible. It was like the stream was non-existent quality-wise. Only like 14 people played. But I realized, I realized something. That nothing good can happen at, like in the first run right overnight can yeah. always get better and i did that i improved the stream i got people to actually help me run this stuff i made the rules more clear and these small incremental gains made the tournament better and better and better until i got picked up by dapple productions in august of 2021 <laughs> after that happened everything changed suddenly more people wanted to play more people were wanting to watch the stream quality got better everything got better it was amazing right and i kept this up and i learned from that experience from becoming a more and more prominent uh, to in the community um that i was actually able to get two two spots to to majors or i guess the dapple majors um snapshot which had 80 teams and series 20xx um tournament one which had 70. um Wow, that's that a lot experience, of teams. Yeah. Yeah, that, that experience running those tournaments at that high of like a standard mm -hmm. set a precedent for what I wanted to imitate with Squid Junction, right? Because I took what I learned from Series 20XX from Snapshot and I implemented it in there and grew Squid Junction in the, in the anticipation of Splatoon 3's release now 41 teams are playing in my tournament um uh, the 70 viewers watching during big house the last tournament we had 140 average viewers like it has never been a better time to to and it is up to me to seize that opportunity and see how far i can take it what would you say are some of the difficulties being a tournament organizer? I know we would want these tournaments to go flawlessly, but I can only assume that there are challenges that occur throughout the tournament. Can you give a couple of examples? Well, the big thing is latency, especially mm. in the third game. There will be a ton of people that will complain in help desk or in the Battlefy chats that so-and-so is laggy, therefore yeah. you should take the game. Oh really? <laughs> one thing, yeah, one thing. One thing that I learned while toing, yeah, is that a good to isn't just able to run the events; it's to understand and comprehend 
the issues that arise and be able to make a decision that like doesn't screw up the tournament's function mm, right okay with with dcs dcs are also another thing in this right in three how the hell do you handle dcs well we need to see when the dc was or when the score happened and then we'll make an executive decision to see how that set will run another thing um that has been it's not really been a problem it's actually been something nice to see it's people that have never played in a, an event a competitive event ever in their lives mm. or a splatoon 3 event specifically asking about how does battle fi work how does the counter pick format work what maps are allowed those to me aren't problems that is an opportunity to bring those people into our community and grow the scene as a whole mm. um anything else really is just kind of one-off situations something stupid like oh they're wearing the Splatfest gear can we get oh. them banned <laughs> <laughs> right because so. nintendo also banned that shirt so it must be mm -hmm. op or something right mm -hmm. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> okay all right let's move on uh in addition to your to experience you've also had a lot of experience playing competitively what do you enjoy the most about playing competitive splatoon um, as much as I like playing with new people and pickups, mm -hmm. being on a team and developing strategies for maps on how to push, where to defend, what we need to do if these goals are met, that is great. This game is more like a chess. It's a chess game. Mm. It's just a matter of seeing which opportunities you can take with your teammates and seeing if you can execute those strategies effectively that is what i like the best about being on a team and i know you've played in several tournaments where you've made it to grand finals what's it like reaching grand finals i mean how do you prepare for those type of events you're in grand finals you're being streamed what's your thought process like well i'll answer the first part of your question how to prepare for those instances when you're in grands, you have to stop thinking that you're being watched mm. by 150 people. You need to think about how your team will play and how your team will counter the strategies that the other team faces, right? Mm -hmm. Because it is, a, it is a death spiral to see that, oh shoot, there's 200 people watching me. And then you start to play nervous. Right. You start to be safer. Right. You don't take the opportunities that you need. So one thing that you do to prepare for that is just playing tournaments. Getting used to that stress is the key to what makes you a good competitive player. And another part of preparing for that is just building that team synergy. As a competitive player on a competitive team, you need to be able to know what your teammates are most of the time without them communicating a bit if i am pushing up into mid i should know or i know that my teammate is going to follow up with that pressure mm. right as soon as you clutter the comms with i want to push this i want to go here i'm going to sit there that is space being wasted for a counter attack for your push I let's use specials and go right because <laughs> the more and more you clutter the VC with either quick talk or just gibberish, 
the more stressed people are going to be, the more confused you're going to be. And overall, the worse that you'll play and possibly end up not winning the tournament. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I definitely feel like nerves do play a role in any environment where you're playing at a competitive level. I mean, I know when I participated in my first tournament, I, I had nerves. I was like, I don't want to be clipped, you know, that kind of thought mentality. I don't want to be posted on Twitter. I don't want any, you know, uh, maybe I'll change my name and no one will know that it's me. But, you know, th those are things that happen. But you think that, you know, a player should just go into the match. Don't worry about what the viewer count is. You need to focus on what you and your team are doing to beat the opposing team. Can I also add something on to what sure. you were just saying? Sure. That whole conversation is just more talk surrounding the effectiveness of branding right mm. a team that like brands themselves we are this is our team name and we will be playing in this tournament right you build up the hype around that tournament you build up hype oh shoot i'm going against for example with my past team summit right just hearing that name could bring a little bit of nerves so it's sort of like this like strategy of coming in as this like established team right the like top dog year, right? yeah mm -hmm. and the thing is if you get clipped that <laughs> is a sign that the other team thinks that you're good you're good enough that getting a quad on you is clip worthy in the end right 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 so whenever <laughs> so whenever i get clipped it's more of like a pride thing because it's an admission that they think that i am a good player <laughs> I think there was a running joke on uh, the Splatoon community about getting a quad on FT Win at one point. <laughs> I think you yeah, know it's it's still going on. FT Win, uh, top one of the best uh, Splatoon uh, competitive teams out there, uh, disbanded. But there, you know, people still say, "Oh, I got a quad on FT Win." If there's like one or two players in the opposing team <laughs> from that team, there's also there's also a meme where if anyone quadded. With FT Win, instead of saying quad on FT Win, people would say quad with FT Win, and then just post the lobby screen. <laughs> <laughs> so that's really cool. So you mentioned something I think is really important. I think it, it really helps to the dialogue of what is competitive Splatoon. You talked about branding. What what do you mean by branding, and how is that helpful in taking Splatoon three into the next level in esports? Well, branding is when a team and and the players associated with that team stick with their, their username, right? Mm. If I go into a tournament, I don't want to be known as Fartlord420, right? Right. And win the tournament. I've right? seen LeBron James if, before. Yeah. <laughs> if I go into a tournament and win as Havoc, then not only do people start associating me with that weapon and with that result, if I keep going into tournaments with my name or with a team name consistently that builds up like i guess a resume an right? identity yeah yeah identity something that people know you for right i've been known as the slosher person mm. for two and a half years right and the ultimate goal with branding it's like you might be thinking why do i want to be doing branding it's for sponsorships sponsors will look into the scene and especially now with all these new teams forming they will see how active these teams are and how well they've placed right and so when 
for example, Demise sponsored um, Quantum a couple years ago. They looked at Quantum's results. They saw that they got top four consistently in the NA Opens. And they said, we know you're active and we know where you stand in this scene. Can we sponsor you, right? And you can't do that without branding because without mm. branding, you don't have a resume. And without a resume, sponsors aren't even going to consider you. What advice would you give to the current teams out there on how to brand? Well, building the brand doesn't necessarily have to equal to selling hats or shirts. Mm. It's sticking with your team name, sticking with your in-game name, and just playing together, being consistent, consistently doing well in tournaments. It, once you start doing well in tournaments with the same name, people are going to know you you start building a resume again and it just sort of right, builds right. cuz once you once that name is associated with winning weeklies a monthly a major that sort of stuff that will build up your brand you will get more recognition and then the outside sponsors will start to look in and possibly sponsor you one thing that is also important to note with branding is that when it's what am i trying to say here oh yes it is the storylines, right? Mm, if you have the consistent plot. teams yeah. that are playing against each other, you build storylines. Um, for the longest time, um, the top dogs of NA, Starburst and FT Win, right, right. they kept going at each other. They kept that branding. And when those names came onto the stream, the viewers knew that that was going to be a good set and they tuned in, they watched average viewer count increases those sets are they know that those sets are going to be hype because they know that ft win is the six time na champion starburst is the number two at the time the number two na team they kept falling short of kept falling short to ft win but people still tuned in because they wanted to see if this tournament was the time that they would dethrone FT win as the number one NA team. Mm, so the story, the story, implementing it into the scene could also help with people kind of tuning in and being like, oh, you know, this rivalry has been going on for a long time. Let's see how it turns out at the end. Yes. Got it. So Havoc, you know, you mentioned just earlier uh, in our conversation that you're you're you were known in the community for i believe a one trick slosher right what do you enjoy the most about playing slosher and why is that your main weapon well in splatoon 2 i originally was in a kenza undercover brella user really i did not <laughs> oh my god wait wait so yeah. the, the one with torpedo and ink uh ink armor right torpedo and wow armor. i did not know that <laughs> <laughs> and I played that for about six months for a competitive for a Splatoon 2 team called Kraken Rush, wow. which was Division 6 in Ludi. Mm. Um, I hated that so much. I hated playing support. I hated playing back. I like to initiate pushes. I like to being on the front line. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I really was attached to in this game was the unique fact, like uniqueness of the game itself. I love playing unique weapons. I loved playing Carbon Roller. I loved playing Brella. I actually picked up the regular Brella for a little bit. 
But then once I started playing Slosher, mm -hmm. everything, everything changed. Worked, right? Wow. Okay. Because I, um, no other game just lets you just play Mario Kart in a different game, like Splatoon 2, and get value, right? I like the ability to shoot over walls. I like the ability to get, like, nice fall-off. I like the ability to flick my controller and get picks. I, the weapon itself also plays with how I want to be playing. Because it's not just rushing in. It's mm -hmm. I have to think more about what spots I can take to get value and when I need to back off. That's the sort of like mental brain power that I like about this game. <laughs> and that's why I was drawn so much to Slosher. Nice, nice. And what advice would you give to somebody, you know, they just started playing or they've been playing Splatoon 2 for, or, uh, you know, they've been playing Splatoon for a while. They want to pick up Slosher. What are the basic elements you think are essential for knowing how to use the weapon? Well, Slosher is by far one of the hardest weapon classes in the game. It play it plays completely different than other weapons. It has completely different positions than other frontliners. And even and it doesn't really play like a midliner even though it has that range, right? Mm -hmm. So where does that fit in? That requires you that requires trial and error. Playing maps, going into recon, seeing where your slosher flakes or where your slosher um shots land when you're underneath ledges how far you can go with those shots and overall just getting a feel for the weapon itself what sensitivity feels best for your flicks or just shooting straight how, what times do you go in right because you can't just rush right and expect to get value it's more strategic with things like gal or splash or shot you can more easily take those positions with but with slosher it usually requires someone else to be there or any sort of chip so the one piece of advice i would have to say and i will just repeat it again because i think it's the most important is just trial and error it will take a while for you to get better with the weapon but once you do the skill ceiling is so incredibly high that you can get really far with it right i mean we've seen such high level players use slosher and i think you know like you mentioned positioning is really key knowing your sensitivity can help because it helps you with your art shots but also just practicing i mean that's that's how anybody gets good with a weapon there are some weapons that you could pick up and it's easier to use but slosher is probably one of those weapons where you do need to invest your time to become really really efficient with the weapon Mm -hmm. so what would you say you know what's a build you would like so you know we're we're still new into the game and let, let's see if this prediction actually comes true you know it once uh, uh you know more weapons release i'll reach out to you and see what 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 happens what would be your dream slosher kit based on the information we have currently the dream slosher kit i i've been working my way into machine and try lately but one thing that I would love, and people think I'm weird for this, is try slosher with burst bomb and zip caster. I think that would be so much fun. Well, I mean, I could see it. I mean, zip caster, you know, closes the gaps. Try kind of struggles against long range weapons. I'm assuming it's a way to counter mm -hmm. like you know chargers and stuff. Yes. 
Nice. So that would be for tri slosher. What about you know regular slosher? Do you think uh, what what are, you know? I think a kit that I would want would be like suction and crab tank for it. Hmm. Let me think. Because right now slosher has the best bond in the game. So anything mm. else really is going to be in an inferior sub. Right. But a special that I would be interested to see how it plays on probably would be um, Zuka. The tri -Zuka. Ah, interesting. Interesting. Or we could check it, you know, take it back to Splatoon 1 and give it a burst bomb and just call it a day. That would be nice too. <laughs> <laughs> that would be nice too. <laughs> That's really cool. So, you know, you mentioned you were picking up Machine. Uh, is, is that something because, uh, you know, it, it sounds like you really like the slosher weapon class as a whole. Uh, is you picking up Machine because you've always been a fan of that weapon class or is it because of how strong it is today? It's a combination of both. I played the Kenza Machine in Splatoon 2. Mm, right, right. And that weapon was really good. Fizzies was an amazing sub for Machine. However, <laughs> however... The sub or the special splashdown, garbage, so bad. It right, like almost killed the weapon. So yeah, I do have experience with machine. And then when Splatoon three released, I gave it a try, and then I realized how broken it was. Like I'm telling you, August twenty eighth, day of the <laughs> test fire, I was sitting in my chair and I was like, there's absolutely no way they're gonna keep this weapon. <laughs> the way it is right now it is way too good it has the damage i believe the chip damage actually is more by four damage <laughs> um, wow it can okay. shoot through the floor it has oh that's right range that's yeah. right yeah it's like there's nothing it can't do it's the best aggro weapon in the game right now and i'd be stupid if i don't pick it up <laughs> right right uh, what would you say are some like builds and you know, we'll display it on the screen as well w What are some builds you like to run with the slosher and you know, what wh why are those abilities and subs used for those? Uh, weapons um, hmm. Let me think about this one here um, With machine I'll start off with the machine here. Sure with machine um, due to how charges are played or how good charges are in the meta one thing you want for just all aggro weapons in general stealth jump and swim speed or not stealth jump swim speed stealth jump and ninja squid ninja i'm squid. sorry about that no no ninja worries get them mixed up sometimes that, too right <laughs> yeah that allows you to get space without the fear of a charger seeing you as much mm -hmm. um, for my machine builds i have two I have one with Ninja Squid and one without, but both of them have Stealth Jump. <laughs> um, my For my first kit, I have LDE, because LDE in this game, or Last Ditch Effort, mm -hmm. is also incredibly broken. Oh my god. With LDE, any time the opponent gets past 50 of any mode, right... It, uh, it increases your special charge, your ink recovery, and your ink saver, right? Main and sub. Right. So if if a, an opponent gets to a push of like 18, with a flip of the switch, you now have double fizzies. You have four bombs. You can do two fizzies, booyah bomb, and then do two more fizzies. That is so much wow. chip. And that helps take space. It helps pressure the backliner. Helps to find sharks. 
it is way too good right now. <laughs> right. And then... Oh, go along ahead. With, along with that... I'm sorry about that. No, um, no worries. Along with my LDE, I also run two subs of bomb defense up. Mm. The reason for that yeah, is that where? it cancels out the machine uh, combo because without two subs of uh, um, bomb defense up, I believe, yeah. you can survive a direct from the machine and a fizzy bomb blast. So wow. it is very good when fighting machine meta right Just now. Just two subs of bomb defense up. That, that'll that help you with fights against the machine if they're throwing a fizzy at you and a shot at you? Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Okay, that's really cool. What? What? So it looks like big picture kind of main abilities that you think are really good right now are, you know, stealth jump to get you into the field without having, you know, decreasing the risk of being spotted by enemies uh, ninja squid to get you around the map you know a way to counter chargers and then you know swim speed is always really good to help combat the uh, negative impacts that uh, ninja squid has and then two subs of bomb defense to really take advantage of the uh, fizzy and the uh, uh, slosh combo mm -hmm. that's really and cool you can, you can see all my builds if you were to go to my sendout.ink profile yeah we'll be sure to link that yeah uh, I have about three builds for machine. It's, that list is always going to increase as I figure out what other mains can work for specific maps and modes. It's always a learning process to see what's right. Best. And and I think that's what's important too for you know any any player out there that you know gear is always going to change. Uh, there's always going to be you know some things that are really good some things are gonna get nerfed over time some gear works better on other maps it just depends you know and it also depends on your play style i mean if you want to chuck fizzy bombs all day just run some lde you know do that all day or if you want to be a little bit more aggressive get in people's faces run some swim speed really depends on your play style but you know havoc will be sure to share your builds from your send out uh, profile on the screen with the viewers so they can see how you play um, and Havoc this brings me to my last question and first I do want to thank you for being the first guest for episode one of Splat Talks it was really enjoyable talking to you how can people reach out to you what are your socials um, well the only social media that I have right now for competitive is my Twitter account which is at Jump Havoc um, there I will be posting clips, posting commentary about Squid Junction, and just my thoughts about community events that happen. Um, and then just sort of memes that I yeah. find online. <laughs> <laughs> right. So everybody, if you really want to get, you know, more involved with Squid Junction, if you really want to learn more about memes, if you really want to learn more about Slosher, be sure to give Havoc a follow. He's a really great person that helps out a lot with the community. And we appreciate for having you today, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me too. And that's the video, everybody. Thank you so much for watching the first episode of Splat Talks with Havoc. It was really fun talking to him. If you liked the video, please be sure to hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and comment. I would really appreciate it. And it would let me know that this is something that the community enjoys. But for now, I just want to say thank you so much. I'll see you next time.
Oh man, there's a ton you can talk to you about. Yeah, it. yeah. I'm gonna try to pace myself. I'm thinking of doing 12 in one season, and then if there's a season two, if people like this type of stuff, you know, we'll keep it going. Okay. Cool, man. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but you know, I really uh, appreciate no, it, man. I just sat down and spent 55 minutes talking <laughs> about myself. So I think it's <laughs> right. No, no, no. I appreciate it, man. I'll be sure to keep you posted on like the the timeline for getting this stuff on YouTube. All right. Thank cool, you man. so much, man. All right, man. Talk to you later.